Jeremiah chapter 52, verse 1. A son of twenty-one years is Zedekiah in his reigning, and eleven years he hath reigned in Jerusalem, and the name of his mother is Hamutal, daughter of Jeremiah of Libna. The mother of King Zedekiah was the daughter of Jeremiah, but it's not the prophet Jeremiah. Zedekiah was the last king to ever reign in Jerusalem until King Jesus came and became the spiritual king of Jerusalem and the entire universe. The reason the Bible lists the mother is because the mother is a crucial instructor to her children, and a lot of times if the mother is a pagan, her children will also be pagan. But if the mother believes in the Lord, and trusts in the Lord, then she will teach her children to do the same thing. The Bible gives credit to good mothers and bad mothers. We know that Hamutal was a bad mother because she led her child into paganism, and King Zedekiah practiced paganism. So it's to Hamutal's shame that she was the mother of this king. I don't really know, but the scholars believe that it was Jeremiah's scribe, Baruch, who wrote this last chapter of Jeremiah. This chapter is a summary of the entire book of Jeremiah, and it summarizes the end of King Zedekiah's reign. One of the reasons that they say that Baruch wrote it is because it uses the name King Jehoiakim instead of King Kaniah, which is what Jeremiah called Jehoiakim. But this chapter calls the king Jehoiachim. 2. And he doth the evil thing in the eyes of Jehovah, according to all that Jehoiakim hath done. King Zedekiah was just as evil as the king before him, who was King Jehoiakim. 3. For because of the anger of Jehovah, it hath been in Jerusalem and Judah till he hath cast them from before his face and Zedekiah doth rebel against the king of Babylon. The reason that both Jehoiakim and Zedekiah lost their kingship is because the Lord punished them for their evil pagan practices. Zedekiah rebelled against Babylon. He tried to make a last stand, which actually was so ridiculous because when the Babylonians showed up, he lost all of his courage and he turned tell and tried to escape from the palace, rather than actually fighting Babylon as he had always said that he would do. He lost every ounce of courage he had when he actually saw the army. But he was in spiritual rebellion against the Lord because the Lord had commanded him to submit to the Babylonians, and he never did that. So the Babylonians killed his sons and captured him. 4. And it cometh to pass, in the ninth year of his reign, in the tenth of the month, come hath Nebuchadnezzar king of Babylon, he and all his forces, against Jerusalem, and they encamp against it, and build against it a fortification round about. When Zedekiah had reigned for nine years, on the tenth day of the tenth month of that ninth year, was when Nebuchadnezzar came and set up the siege ramps around the walls of Jerusalem. Those ramps are made of rubble and trash and rocks so that the Babylonian army could walk up the ramp and go over the walls of Jerusalem.
The Lord never gave months or days names. The Lord only numbers the days and the months. He says on the second day, on the third day, on the fourth day, or he'll say the second, third, or fourth month. The Lord himself never gave names to calendar days. 5. And the city cometh into siege till the eleventh year of King Zedekiah. If the siege began in his ninth year and ended in his eleventh year, that means the siege was two years long. So for two years, Zedekiah could have repented. See how merciful the Lord is? He gave Zedekiah two extra years to repent, and Zedekiah still didn't do it. A lot of people say that God is mean and cruel, and nothing could be further from the truth. He always gives us a billion chances to turn from our wicked ways before we finally meet destruction. 6. In the fourth month, in the ninth of the month, when the famine is severe in the city, and there hath been no bread for the people of the land. 7. Then is the city broken up, and all the men of war flee, and go forth from the city by night, the way of the gate between the two walls, that is by the king's garden, and the Chaldeans are by the city round about, and they go the way of the plain. In the eleventh year of King Zedekiah, in the ninth day of the fourth month, that was when the people were so hungry from the siege, because during a siege, no supplies can come into the city. So after two years, they ran out of food, and that was when the people panicked, and King Zedekiah and his entourage tried to escape out of Jerusalem. So they went out the back door, and they started running through the fields. But the Chaldeans were encamped around the fields, and the Chaldeans saw them running. 8. And the forces of the Chaldeans pursue after the king, and overtake Zedekiah in the plains of Jericho, and all his forces have been scattered from him. The Chaldeans caught up with Zedekiah when he was running. They caught up with him when he got to Jericho. Jericho was the ancient town that the Israelites had originally conquered with Joshua as their leader. Now it's the town where the last king of Judah fell, where the Chaldeans captured him. And when they captured King Zedekiah, all of his entourage deserted him out of fear. They didn't even stand by his side, and that's very embarrassing for a king. 9. And they captured the king, and bring him up unto the king of Babylon, to Riblah, in the hand of Hamath, and he speaketh with him judgments. They hauled Zedekiah over to speak to the king of Babylon in the area of Riblah. Now speaking judgments means pronouncing judgments. That was where Nebuchadnezzar said, This is what I'm going to do to you. 10. And the king of Babylon slaughtereth the sons of Zedekiah before his eyes, and also all the princes of Judah hath he slaughtered in Riblah. King Nebuchadnezzar took Zedekiah's sons and killed them while he made Zedekiah watch. And that was part of the judgment against Zedekiah. And that was the last thing that Zedekiah ever saw. His last visual memory was his own sons dying in front of him, being killed early. That's a horrible thing to have in your head for the rest of your life. Because as soon as his sons were killed, then Nebuchadnezzar had Zedekiah's eyeballs gouged out so that he could never see again. And he also killed the other princes of Judah who were with 
Zedekiah. 11. And the eyes of Zedekiah he hath blinded, and he blindeth him in brazen fetters, and the king of Babylon bringeth him to Babylon, and putteth him in the house of inspection, unto the day of his death. So a house of inspection sounds like a prison. It might have been a comfortable prison, since Zedekiah was a king, but basically he was locked up for the rest of his life, and brought to Babylon in the iron shackles. 12. And in the fifth month, in the tenth of the month, it is the nineteenth year of King Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, come hath Nebuzaradan, chief of the executioners, he hath stood before the king of Babylon in Jerusalem. One of Nebuchadnezzar's officials, named Nebuzaradan, he was the chief of the executioners, and he was sent to Jerusalem probably to execute anyone who wasn't loyal to Nebuchadnezzar. He was sent there to oversee what went on in Jerusalem during Nebuchadnezzar's 19th year as a king of Babylon. 13. And he burneth the house of Jehovah and the house of the king and all the houses of Jerusalem, even every great house he hath burned with fire. Nebuzaradan burned all of the rich people's houses, which is the most valuable real estate, including the palace and the temple that Solomon built. 14. And all the walls of Jerusalem round about broken down have all the forces of the Chaldeans that are with the chief of the executioners. The Chaldeans and the Babylonians were working together. The Chaldeans actually began the siege of Jerusalem, and the Babylonians ended it. And it was the Chaldeans who helped capture Zedekiah when he was running through the field. And they were also there to help burn down Jerusalem. 15. And of the poor of the people, and the remnant of the people who are left in the city, and those who are falling away, who have fallen unto the king of Babylon, and the remnant of the multitude hath Nebuzaradan, chief of the executioners, removed. Nebuzaradan took a bunch of prisoners of war to Babylon. 16. And of the poor of the land hath Nebuzaradan, chief of the executioners, left for vine dressers and for husbandmen. The people that Nebuzaradan took as slaves were the middle class and the upper class, but he left the poor people who nobody in Judah cared about. He left them to stay in Judah and live off the land and take over the farms and the leftover houses of the middle class who were taken as prisoners. In this way, the Lord gave judgment to the poor of Judah and said, your own people didn't take care of you when they were practicing paganism, so now I'm going to take care of you. I'm going to let you have the houses and the farms that were left behind when those who didn't care for you were captured and sent to Babylon as slaves. See how God works his justice in interesting ways. 17. And the pillars of brass that are to the house of Jehovah and the bases, and the brazen sea that is in the house of Jehovah, have the Chaldeans broken, and they bear away all the brass of them to Babylon. These are the beautiful brass vessels that King Solomon had designed for the temple. They held thousands of gallons of water for the purposes of the offerings. The Babylonians broke them up to melt them down to make other things with them they broke them up for the brass value. 
And this includes the pillars, Joaquin and Boaz, which were pillars in Solomon's temple. 18. And the pots and the shovels and the snuffers and the bowls and the spoons and all the vessels of brass with which they minister, they have taken away. All of the beautiful brass utensils and instruments that were used for the offerings were also taken as spoil by the Babylonians. 19. And the basins, and the firepans, and the bowls, and the pots, and the candlesticks, and the spoons, and the cups, and the gold of that which is gold, and the silver of that which is silver, hath the chief of the executioners taken. So Nebuzaradan had the gold and silver and all of the decorative plates and beautiful things that were used in the temple for the incense and the showbread and the candlesticks and everything else. He had all of that taken to Babylon as well. The golden goblets will come up later again in the book of Daniel. And in the book of Daniel, one of the kings of Babylon was drinking out of those goblets during a party, and the Lord brought severe judgment against him for doing that, because those goblets belonged to the Lord and his temple. The Ark of the Covenant is never mentioned because Jeremiah hid the Ark of the Covenant in the caves of Jerusalem, and I believe he probably hid it in the same place where God himself hid Jeremiah and Baruch when their enemies were trying to capture them. And it's recorded in the books of Maccabees that Jeremiah hid the Ark of the Covenant so that the Babylonians would not get it. But the Babylonians did get their hands on all the other precious items of the temple. 20. The two pillars, the one sea, and the twelve brazen oxen that are beneath the bases that King Solomon made for the house of Jehovah, there was no weighing of the brass of all these vessels. When Solomon used the brass to make the brazen sea, which held thousands of gallons of water in it, and it had twelve oxen that were made of brass under it, holding it up, each of those oxen represented one of the tribes of Israel. It was so huge that Solomon didn't even take time to measure the brass because it was such a large amount of brass. And this same item was broken up and taken to Babylon. 21. As to the pillars, 18 cubits is the height of the one pillar, and a cord of 12 cubits doth compass it, and its thickness is four fingers hollow. The two pillars which held up the porch of King Solomon's temple One was named Boaz and the other one was named Joaquin. Those pillars were about 27 feet high. They were hollow in the center, but the material that created them was about 4 inches thick and about 16 feet in circumference. 22. And the chapiter upon it is of brass, and the height of the one chapiter is 5 cubits, And network and pomegranates are on the chapter round about. The whole is of brass, and like these have the second pillar and pomegranates. On top of each pillar was a beautiful decoration that looked like a crown, and it was made of brass and molded into it was a network design that looked like netting in the background, and in the foreground it had beautiful pomegranates molded into it made of brass.
23, and the pomegranates are 90 and 6 on a side. All the pomegranates are 100 on the network roundabout. There's 100 pomegranates going around each chapter, which is the top crown of each pillar. I'm not sure what it means by 96 pomegranates on one side. Perhaps that means that when you're standing in front of the pillars looking at them, you would be able to see 96 pomegranates between the two pillars in the front. The reason it's describing the beauty of all of these things is to show how much beauty was robbed from God's temple when the Babylonians came. 24. And the chief of the executioners taketh Sariah the head priest, and Zephaniah the second priest, and the three keepers of the threshold. 25. And out of the city he hath taken a certain eunuch, who hath been inspector over the men of war, and seven men of those seen the king's face, who have been found in the city, and the head scribe of the host who mustereth the people of the land, and sixty men of the people of the land who are found in the midst of the city. So Nebuzar Adan, the chief executioner of the Babylonians has captured all of these high-ranking officials of Jerusalem. 26. And Nebuzar Adan, chief of the executioners, taketh them and bringeth them unto the king of Babylon, to Riblah. This is the same location where Zedekiah was judged before the king of Babylon. It was in Riblah. 27. And the king of Babylon smiteth them, and putteth them to death in Riblah, in the land of Hamath, and he removeth Judah from off its own ground. Nebuchadnezzar had all of those officials killed at the same time that he had Zedekiah's sons killed, and he blinded Zedekiah. Then he captured nearly everybody out of Jerusalem and hauled them off to Babylon. 28. This is the people whom Nebuchadnezzar hath removed in the seventh year of Jews, three thousand and twenty and three. In the three thousandth and twenty-third year since Adam was created, that was the year that Nebuchadnezzar took Zedekiah as captive and had complete control over Jerusalem. Again, that was three thousand and twenty-three years after Adam was created. In approximately the 4,000th year after Adam was created, that's when Jesus came, which shows you that there's a long time in between the first destruction of Jerusalem and when Jesus was born outside of Bethlehem. 29. In the 18th year of Nebuchadnezzar from Jerusalem, souls 832. 30. In the three and twentieth year of Nebuchadnezzar hath Nebuzar Adan, chief of the guard, removed of Jewish souls, seven hundred forty and five. All the souls are four thousand and six hundred. In the eighteenth year of Nebuchadnezzar's reign, they took over eight hundred people out of Jerusalem as slaves. Two years later, in the twentieth year of Nebuchadnezzar's reign, they took out another seven hundred people. Perhaps that number, which is 4,600, were all the Jews altogether who got hauled out of Judah over time. Or it could be the number of poor people who were left behind. 
but the scholars think that this number only refers to men. So if it refers to people captured to Babylon, you'd want to multiply it at least by four. Realistically, you'd probably want to multiply it by six because people had more kids back then than they do today. So it was probably closer to 24,000 plus people. 31. And it cometh to pass in the thirty and seventh year of the removal of Jehoiachin king of Judah, in the twelfth month, in the twenty and fifth of the month, hath evil Merodach king of Babylon lifted up in the year of his reign the head of Jehoiachin king of Judah, and bringeth him out from the house of restraint. King Jehoiachin was also captured and sent to Babylon before King Zedekiah was captured and sent there. But evil Merodach was a king who reigned after Nebuchadnezzar, so a king evil Merodach allowed King Jehoiachin to come out of prison. 32. And speaketh with him good things, and setteth his throne above the throne of the kings who are with him in Babylon. Evil Merodach favored Jehoiachin over the other kings. 33. And he hath changed his prison garments, and he hath eaten bread before him continually all the days of his life. Because evil Merodach liked Jehoiachin, he had Jehoiachin eat at his table for the rest of his life. 34. And his allowance, a continual allowance, hath been given to him by the king of Babylon, the matter of a day, in its day, till the day of his death, all the days of his life. Evil Merodach also gave Jehoiachin some cash every day of his life that he could spend. Since he was allowed out of prison, he would be able to buy things in Babylon for his comfort. And that concludes Jeremiah chapter 52. It also concludes the book of Jeremiah. The next book that we will be reading is Lamentations, which is also written by Jeremiah. It is a book of mourning and sorrow because Jeremiah had a lot of sorrow for his people and he prayed for their souls to the Lord. We'll be reading all of his prayers and pleadings in the next book that we read.